everyone. It's Becky. Welcome to Buzzing About Romance. And with me for this episode, as always, is Leah. Hi, Leah. Hi, everybody. Um, okay. I don't so, know why I wait. I was just going to say, um, this is audio only, so I'm not sure who you're waving to, but hey. I'm waving to you, apparently. Um, I told you that you know we are the home of the awkward intro so keeping the tradition alive look at us go right we don't want to let her let you down <laughs> right um on this episode we are discuss. oh my god we are discussing the epic epilogue with patreon members Lindsay and carolina we're going to talk about whether we need epilogues what do we want from an epilogue and what we do not like about an epilogue. So we'll get into that with Carolina and Lindsay. So we would love to take a moment and welcome Miss Carolina and Lindsay uh, back to the podcast. Thanks for coming back, guys. Thanks for having us. Um, so Lindsay, why don't you go ahead and remind everybody a little bit about you? I'm Lindsay. So by day I work in the tech industry and by night I read romance. I live with my husband and my dog and I like to spend a lot of time outside. <laughs> <laughs> you also knit and dye your own fibers. Yes, I do. That is a, something I forayed into with COVID and because I wanted to save money, it's like $30 for a skein of hand-dyed yarn. And it's a lot cheaper to do it yourself if you get the supplies. There you go. So it's been really fun. <laughs> That's interesting. Carolina, tell everybody a little bit about, about you. Uh, hello, I'm Carolina. I'm Curl Up With Books on Instagram. Um, I am in Orlando and we, my husband and I love to spend time at Disney. So we're there a lot. Um, love all the romances, but my favorites are fake relationship, um, enemies to lovers and sports romance. Which, you know, all but one of those are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we all know how you feel about enemies to lovers, right? <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm going to drop some knowledge a little bit about epilogues. Um, I dug deep into the interwebs to find some general knowledge about epilogues. So I, so for me, I'll just say this, coming from, to romance as an old school historical romance reader, an old school historical in the Joanna Liv Lindsay's, the Jude Devereaux's, the Julie Garwitz, you didn't get epilogues. Like if you got an epilogue, it was super special something like when the story ended it ended and happily ever after kind of like you know the pretty bow at the end of the disney movie with the end um you didn't get to see you know little glimpses of kids in the future anything like that so epilogues going to contemporary romance epilogues for me feel like a newer thing so i felt like there might be others who needed epilogue knowledge so um, the first known use of the word epilogue was in the 15th century. It was used as a concluding section of the literary work. In Middle English and Middle French, the term epilogue was used. Um, in Latin, they used... Okay, so my eighth grade Catholic education is not going to help us here, just so we're all clear. In Latin, they used 
epilogos uh, from Epilo Greek. Epilogus. Epilogus. And then in Greek, it's epilogos. And then epilgean, I guess. So see, you know, whatever. I'll put them in the notes. Y'all can see them. Everybody's laughing at me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> The no, I think we're of, just having horror story like <laughs> feedback to Latin days when you're conjugating verbs. Like, nobody right. enjoyed that. Oh. <laughs> and I have no knowledge of it anymore. Like those nuns would beat me now. Um, <laughs> is the purpose of an epilogue in fiction, writing an epilogue is a liter literary device that functions as a supplemental but separate part of the main story. It is often used to reveal the fates of the characters in a story and wrap up any loose ends. According to some very prominent literary sources, not Wikipedia, one thing an epilogue should never do is reiterate your theme or remind your reader the moral of your story. If you didn't accomplish that in your story itself, an epilogue will not fix it. Most importantly, after reading your epilogue, your reader should leave satisfied, never confused. Um, should epilogues have titles other than epilogue? An epilogue can have a title, but it is not necessary. No, the epilogue is part of the story. So typically with an epilogue, don't they do not use the word the end. Okay, ladies, I know you all got opinions on epilogues. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll just start around the thing. We'll just go around the little group here. Um, Leah, do you like an epilogue? Do you expect an epilogue? Um, it depends on the story, to be honest. I, there are some books that I read that I really want that epilogue that is in the future. And there are some that I'm okay without it because it, it wraps up really nice and in a bow. Um, I really like a series epilogue where it's like multiple books in a row. And at the end of the last book, you get the series epilogue where like it's in the future and they talk about like each couple individually and like what they're all up to. <clears throat> so I like an epilogue, but I want one. I don't want multiples. Like if you're reading to the end, give me an epilogue. You either pick three months, you pick three years, you pick 30 years. Don't give me all of them. I don't want all of them. Carolina, what do you feel about epilogues? <laughs> Along the same lines as Leah, I, I love an epilogue. Um, there's very few books that I read that I don't want one. And I love them at the end of a series as well, because then you can kind of catch up um, with where everybody's at. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about in, in a series, if I want one for every book, and I don't necessarily, I don't think I need one for every book if you're giving me one at the end of the series, because you're meeting the characters throughout, you know, you're continuing to see the character growth throughout the series. Um, but I, I do, I do love an epilogue. I want it. I'm especially cause I'm never done, even though the book's done, I'm never quite done with the characters. I don't want to let go. Yeah. Lindsay, do you like an epilogue? <laughs> I need Lindsay it. has very strong feelings on the she epilogue. She really does. She really I do. does. I'm, I'm going to 
the narcissist in me is going to say that this up ep- this episode is all about me and my opinions it really is kidding. inspired by you that's actually in my intro this ep- this this discussion this topic is completely inspired by Lindsay because we were having a discussion in one of our book check-ins i think and you mm-hmm. were talking about epilogues and your thought on them and all that kind of stuff and i was like as a as someone with the with the way I came into romance, epilogues feel new to me, so I don't really have this like strong opinion one way or another. As I do other things, like give me all the penis, but um, don't fade to black. It's not going to do it for me. Okay. Um, but you have the issues ep- with epilogues, yeah. So go. <laughs> well, okay. So like the epilogue is the equivalent of getting a free cookie at the grocery store when you're a kid. Like it is. <laughs> so necessary to me um but it also serves a really important purpose in romance because when like the epilogues that are really well done they all reinforce the happily ever after in a really satisfying way and that means like they feature the characters in the story they jump forward and like an amount of time where you can like see and feel very satisfied leaving that story that those characters are going to be just fine like they're super happy you feel warm and like a warm cookie inside it's so happy but not all epilogues are the same and I am a harsh critic I have read books where the epilogue has absolutely made me hate that author and I will not read their books anymore and I will not be naming any books (laughs) Um, but (laughs) I will be naming like my least favorite episode epilogue because I do have a most hated epilogue type and yeah, I have a lot. I have, of- I have a most hated epilogue type mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. So before we get into what we hate the most, <laughs> Becky, what are your feelings on epilogues? <laughs> to me, they're just like that extra piece of candy. It's not, you know, it's like, you know, the cookie that was stuck together kind of thing to go back to Lindsay's cookie reference. I, I'm only allowed to take one cookie. So it's a bonus cookie. I do think it brings into question though. So one of the things we demand in our romances is the HEA. We want the happily ever after. And sometimes if we don't get an epilogue, then a story feels like it's a happily for now. So, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about, do you need the epilogue most of the time to fulfill the happily ever after aspect of the story. No, I think it depends on how the book is written because there's some books that there's some stories that the happily ever after comes like so quickly at the end and the wrap up comes so quickly that it's, it becomes a little abrupt for me. And I want a little bit more of that to relish in the happily ever after. So if it comes too quickly or the resolution of their conflict happens too fast, then I I need that little bit more. Yeah. What about you, Lindsay? Do you feel like we need the happily ever after? Do we need the epilogue to get the full happily ever after? No, it should be the cherry on top of the happily ever after for me. If, If the ending of the story is too rushed, I can almost guarantee I'm not going to feel happy even after, <laughs> after, even after the epilogue. Um, yeah, I, I think the epilogues that I enjoy most 
kind of tie up other loose ends in the story, but they are not tying up the happily ever after. Okay. So, um, and then we'll get into like pacing issues here in a second, but before we do that, does an epilogue have, does it need to have a big moment to make the epilogue worthwhile for your read? Does it need the moving in together engagement, marriage, or baby for it to serve up, to have a purpose? Does it need a big moment like that? Or can it just be a snapshot of their life together? I personally like the snapshots better because I feel like in the book, especially like ones that have like that dark moment where they break up, like they need that big moment for them to get back together. Like something big has to happen for them to come back together. And I feel like on those types of stories, you don't need that big moment in the epilogue. Just show me where they're at, like how far they've come. Like, I don't, I don't, I mean, you know, they're happily ever after they're going to either get married, have babies. Like that's a given, like, I don't need to see it. I just want to see where they're at, like have them on like a fun adventure or something like that. Like they're on vacation and like enjoying like their family. So like you see that they're married, you see that they have kids, like it's just another day in their life. Carolina, do you need the big moments in the epilogue or do you like the snapshot? It depends on the story. Just depends. It on the really story. just depends on the story. There's some that the story goes along and, you know, they get together and depending on how it plays out, you, you kind of want to see that big moment, especially if the author writes it in a way that the proposal or the wedding is super special and and has like those great elements, then it needs to have those personalized elements in there to make it that special. You almost have to go to that extreme, not over the top crazy, but just um, with those extra touches. But at the same time, I've read some beautiful epilogues that are just snapshots of everyday life and their relationship and where they're at. Um, You know, I can think of three off the top of my head that are just great pieces to add to that just little pieces of life Lindsay, do your epilogues need big moments or can they be snapshots or really just depends on the story i actually prefer the snapshots i call those untraditional non-traditional epilogues because so many of the epilogues do feature those big moments but going back to what i was saying i really like that for me the epilogue is a way to reinforce the happily ever after and it in order to do that, it's usually like a major milestone where the characters are, or some kind of situation that's bringing the characters together, the hero and the heroine, um, or the hero and the hero, or the heroine and heroine, however it is. It's bringing all the characters together. And I think that's why you do see so many proposals, marriage, um, babies in them, because those are major milestones Yeah, for any relationship. So- or even so that, anniversaries or birthdays. Yeah. Anniversaries and birthdays. Some yeah, some, I can so- think of one that's a hockey romance where the epilogue is like two or three seasons in the future and the character is winning the Stanley Cup. And you get a snapshot of him with his wife. And I think they have a baby at that time and maybe pregnant with another baby. But it's like a completion of a goal mm-hmm. in the epilogue. So... Um, 
Duchess Katie says, seeing them in the future from the last page is really nice. It's like pulling a cozy blanket a wee bit tighter. So she, I think, likes little snapshots. Um, okay, so let's talk about pacing two epilogues. Leah kind of hit on it. Sometimes stories end abruptly, and then we'll get a chapter that's three weeks later, a chapter that's three months later, and then a chapter that's three years later. How do we feel about those? Because as we learned in our from our literary sources, an epilogue should just be one chapter. So what do we think about pacing of epilogue? Do you just want one chapter, two chapters? I like one. I like one, and I typically don't mind how far forward it jumps. I really like it when it tends to jump further forward. Um, Melanie Harlow did a bonus epilogue that jumped to the characters in their 80s that I love. Mm-hmm. So it's one of my favorite. That's a good one. Um, it was so it was so cute (laughs) um but they're like i i do have one particular pacing timing issue that is a pet peeve of mine i feel very strongly about this so there's it's a common theme i've read probably half a dozen romances that do this and what it is is it's two characters who come together and fall in love they're not they have a great deal of emotional baggage that results in them deciding that right now they cannot be together so they're going to work on their issues and then revisit a relationship in the future fast forward a month she's pregnant surprise they get back together um and then the epilogue is when they have the baby and that gives me anxiety (laughs) <laughs> I feel like it's a the baby like uh, babies do not fix things like babies are not a happily ever after in that case and I feel like in that situation I don't understand why it's only skipping forward to that child like skip forward to child five or child 10 like I don't care how many kids they have but like skip forward far enough in the future um to where you can see that like they've worked through the issues because when they have those epilogues a lot of times they don't talk about dealing with the emotional trauma usually they're from very abusive pasts and like it's just that like momentary happiness where it's about having a child together and it doesn't really tell you like what's going on in their relationship or their life and it's very unsatisfying but aside from that pacing issue I don't really wherever the epilogue is in time I'm happy outside of that Um, (laughs) so and this is a little bit counters what you were talking about but um e who's one of the members of the hive which is our facebook group says oh man i have views on this i don't want to see them when they're old with grandkids a few weeks into the future is too short so a few months or years is the sweet spot but yes i want an epilogue as i like my cherry on the top so and i will say throughout the questioning because we kind of pulled in different places about how people feel about epilogues And there was a consensus that it was very mixed about going way far into the future. Now, I will say for that Melanie Harlow book, you do get an epilogue that's like six months in advance. And then there it's like a bonus epilogue that you have to go and seek out to get the 50 years in advance. 
I don't <clears> mind <throat> those ones because it's like a special, like a special edition epilogue. Like you get the, you have the book, you have the traditional like six, three months, six month epilogue. And then if you want more from these characters, then you have to sign up for it. Like you have to go find it. So those ones I don't mind because those are, those are the books that I want to know more. Like if, mm-hmm. if I don't feel that invested in those characters, I don't even attempt to get those extra epilogues. I think it also depends on the storyline because mm-hmm. there's, there's one, um, a book by Sawyer Bennett where the heroine, um, it's Garrett. So book two in the- Cold Fury. Cold Fury series where the heroine is battling cancer mm-hmm. and um, she she's recovering, you know, cause you have their happily ever after. So try not to say any spoilers, but there's one down the road. So you know that they have a beautiful life together even though they had the scare. And I thought that was perfect, you know, cause it is very future. Yeah. And is that one that we got multiple epilogues in though too? I don't remember if that was an extended epilogue that you had to get or if that was at the back of the book because it's been a while since I've read it. Yeah. So um, I don't remember specifically. So that's something that Gretchen mentioned. Um, she says, I like epilogues, but only one. Don't give me multiple epilogues. I like living in my own fantasy about the couples. So. Because as we're starting to kind of turn towards what we really do not care for in epilogues, um, let's talk about multiple epilogues because we kind of touched on it a little bit with the three, three weeks, three months, three years. Do you like, and I'm not talking about the bonus epilogues. I'm not talking about the ones that we have to go and seek out to get that extra knowledge. I'm talking about in the book, in the proper, the author gives us two epilogues. Is this yes or no? I like the multiple epilogues, excuse me. I like the multiple epilogues when it's like a short, dirty novella, like Fiona Davenport, which is a writing duo. They do really short, steamy novellas and they always have multiple epilogues. It's always like not long after they, like after the story is ended. And then there's always something like after like they're done having kids or like when their kids are like taking that next step. And those ones I don't mind, but it, it goes hand in hand with their writing style and the way the books play out. Um, but it's, it happens in every single book that they write. Um, so that it's almost expected that they have multiples in that, like a long story, which if I'm reading like a 400 page book, I, I don't want multiple epilogues because if you don't give me it in the story, I don't need it or I don't want it. Yeah. I feel like there's an author that writes very gigantic books and um, I don't need epilogues for her stories. I feel Mm -hmm. like she covers all the bases in the 175,000 words I just read. Yeah. I don't need (laughs) 30,000 more words. I'm just saying. And if it's the author that I'm thinking about, like her books don't always end. Like like there's always like a gap before like the ending anyway. So she doesn't like the book doesn't end like right after they get back together. Like there's right. always a, there's always timing. So like time has passed before the end of the book for yeah. her. Yes, you're right. Um, okay. Your turn, Carolina pacing. 
or multiple epilogues. I'm sorry. Multiple, multiple epilogues. <laughs> um, on the whole, I'm not a fan of multiple epilogues. I, I typically just need one. There have been a few occasions where um, you jump ahead and one epilogue is from the heroine's perspective and then you jump ahead a little bit more and it's from the hero's perspective. And that's kind of interesting because you can kind of, you get those different views, viewpoints from it. But as a whole, I typically just like the one epilogue. Just the one. Uh, Lindsay, what are your thoughts on multiple epilogues? I agree with Carolina, one epilogue. And I know exactly what she's talking about because one of the examples I had where the two epilogues doesn't bother me is when you skip forward a little bit. But I feel like you really have to focus on what you're trying to achieve with the epilogue. And if you do too much with it it can detract from that happy feeling you're trying to leave your readers with I think I think you can overdo it and distract from like the story mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit I feel like an epilogue really should be fan service so mm-hmm. like Melanie Harlow we know that she writes these really engaging couples they're complex. They have friends and it's always a friend group within a series. It's a small town usually. And I feel like when she writes her epilogues, that it should be a fan service to her steady readers. You know, the moments like we had it with um, the one that goes 80 years in the future and the book is just gonna, Call does that crazy. make me crazy? Call me, Call me crazy. crazy. Yeah. Call me crazy. Um, we had it with that because that tied into an uh, another series that she had. And so she brought that kind of in to that extended epilogue. Yeah. And and that was fan service. That was a, hey, I know you read my books. So here, you can still read it even if it's your first book with her, but it was a fan service. Yeah, it also, like she just does a really good job of not just doing fan service with the epilogues, but also tying up a sneaky loose end from her story because like you jump 85 years in the future and they talk about their family and how big their family is and you see like how their life turned out when so much of that story was about them struggling with infertility and like she's really good over and over and over again in her books so I wrote down a couple examples like one of them um, in her Cloverleaf Farms series the main character dreams of going to Paris and then that happens for her. And there's little things that happen. Like it's not directly related to the story, but it's something that the individual character is struggling with or wants to achieve in life. And then together as a couple in the epilogue, they make it happen together. And that has, for me, what really sets the bar reinforcing that happily ever after in a way that brings the, the main characters together, closer together, strengthening their relationship. It creates it's really hard to leave that those books <laughs> and feeling dissatisfied. <laughs> well, and I think that that's something that in particular I like about Melanie Harlow's book. She is a newer to me author. I've only read a handful, but she does draw you in to characters that you don't want to leave. So you want those mm-hmm. extra epilogues. You want those extra moments um, with those characters. So 
Okay, so Rachel says, I need an epilogue. I get irrationally angry if there isn't one. I like to be far enough in the future that you know they are solid, but not years and years. I also don't mind if the epilogue leads into the next couple's book, as long as the current couple is involved in the epilogue. Otherwise, you might as well just call it a sneak peek. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. this is our transition. <laughs> I picked on Rachel particularly to transition us into what kind of started this topic. <laughs> what we don't like in an epilogue. <laughs> so, Lindsay, tell us, what don't you like in an epilogue? A lot of things. <laughs> um, so I created a little uh, list here that I'll call the commandments of a good epilogue. And, and I actually, real two, quick, real quick before Lindsay gets into it, we are going to invite Lindsay to write an op-ed piece on the blog <laughs> about her epilogues and to share her 10 commandments and such. So look at that um, coming in the week and we'll get that up on the website. So fantastic. So that she can publicize her 10 commandments of the epilogue yeah, yeah. Fantastic. so it's not 10 commandments it's a nice solid four and uh 25 of what makes a bad epilogue is when it's a marketing ploy commandment two do not use your epilogue as a marketing ploy for your next book that can be like after your epilogue please give me that i want a sneak peek i love sneak peeks because then i'm gonna obsess about your book for the next three months or please don't do it if it's going to be two years I will cry um <laughs> I get to the point where I'll just cry from the desperation and I can't handle it anymore but I love a sneak peek but after the epilogue please for the love of the epilogue after the epilogue <laughs> I love it. I love it. for the love of an epilogue please leave the sneak peek for after it yeah. I talked to that my husband about sticker. this all the time. He uh, probably could have given you. It the, could be a t-shirt. Yeah. T-shirt <laughs> for the love of the epilogue. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. What are your, so that was three. What's four. So my number, my number one is treated as if it's um, as important and necessary to the book as the story itself, because it is for your readers. It really is for me. Um, a lot of times if there's a really well done epilogue and a story that I didn't love, if I really connect with the epilogue, it'll turn you into a one click author for me. It's a really powerful device in romance. And it, it, it's just to me, the effort and the amount of time it takes to write enough an epilogue, I'm not an expert, but <laughs> it's, you know, a very tiny portion of the book. It's like 1% of the book. A lot of times it's just the payoff for that is really worth doing and then don't just create like a cute epilogue for the sake of creating a cute epilogue this is number three um that breaks character I've seen this done before like where the heroine really doesn't want kids and then in the epilogue she's got three kids and there's no addressing like what changed what changed mm. I need to know it doesn't make me happy it's very cute the kids are always very cute <laughs> they're always cute with it but it's got to make sense no, I see I mean, what you're saying though, but I, but I see that I can see where that would throw off an epilogue if, you know, versus something where the characters struggled with infertility and that was part of their story versus this was a character that was, you know, business-minded, career goal-oriented, just in their life, did not feel called to have children 
And then we get an epilogue that's four years in the future and they have two babies and she's pregnant with number three. Mm-hmm. That kind of just did some disservice to the struggle and the character arc and the development of the story. And, so, so and it takes fix. away from like her choice almost. Like she is choose like, yes, I know the author is writing the book, but like you're writing a character who is choosing not to have children. And there are tons of people in the world who choose not to have children. And that's fine. If you don't want kids, that is your right. But then don't slap kids on them just because like you need to make a make the story longer. I agree. I agree. What else? What you got, Lindsay? What else? Number four, it must be a jump forward in time to help reinforce the happily ever after. I'd agree. A decent jump. Yeah. I feel like a couple days, like I've read epilogues where it's like two days later. I'm like, that's not an epilogue. That's just a new chapter. Like give me at least, at least two weeks. The only thing I will challenge you on that is, is if let's say we have a fake relationship trope. And they were pretending to be engaged and we went through all the drama of their fake relationship. And the epilogue is two days in the future. They are running off to Vegas to get married. I'm okay with that. Okay. That's cute. I'm okay. That is cute. I'm okay with that. (laughs) I mean, okay. Just (laughs) any Vegas wedding epilogue, like it just kind of gets a what bonus. it is it's like even it's a free pass <laughs> yeah i just i i am like an automatic sucker for that like oh it's a vegas wedding okay i'm so there like i probably would have done that if my mom wouldn't have killed me it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's the marriage of convenience and then it's like two months later and they get remarried but now it's there for them them right? wedding not for yeah it's their wedding yeah like the full experience. The only thing I'll say, there's one Vegas wedding epilogue that drove me crazy. And <laughs> poor Leah, it's going to be the Vegas epilogue from Eye Candy that Jiffy Kate wrote because, and I already called them out for this. You did, doesn't you yelled work. at them. <laughs> it doesn't work. She's an only child with very loving parents that, you know, homeschooled her and were a part of her life she wouldn't have run off and gotten married because as you said if you run off and get married your mother will kill you for some people and in that story the mother would have killed her that's all i'm saying even then i loved it even then you loved vegas wedding and i just love it (laughs) the way so an epilogue with a vegas (laughs) wedding and Lindsay loves your book yeah write a terrible book and a really good vegas epilogue she's sold <laughs> don't sold. don't do that to me but <laughs> in all seriousness <laughs> um what about you carolina what about an epilogue drives you crazy um i think the biggest commandment of like don't don't make a sneak peek an epilogue is my biggest pet peeve you know a, if you're gonna have an epilogue i I'm not done with the characters, you know, I'm, I'm still living in their world and I want that next taste of their world and I'm not ready to let go. So that's, that's my, my number one biggest pet peeve. I, I will, if it makes sense with the story and it's only a couple months down the road and it works, I will love it and enjoy it as long as it's the same characters in the book. But if you give me the characters of the next book, 
So what about that? What about switching a point of view in an epilogue? So sometimes we have a book that's written in first person, but only from her point of view. And then we get an epilogue because we recently just read one that did this. And now I can't think of what Uh, book it was. It was actually, it's on my list of really good examples. It was um, Wrong from Jana Aston. Yes. And now it's, it's the same characters from the book. I loved that one because the whole book is about, is Sophia's point of view. And you're always curious to know, especially for their meet cute and, and well, or how they met originally in the coffee shop, what brought him in and what kept keeping him in there and the epilogues in his point of view. And you get to understand that. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> Lindsay's like over there all giggles, like writing down names. <laughs> it's like a sneaky cute epilogue. It yes. is sneaky cute. It's not my all-time favorite sneaky cute epilogue, but it's a really good one where it's the different point of view, but it's still the same characters from the book. We're not switching to characters from the next book. Right, right. Yeah. And you're right. That one was really went down and I'm sitting here because the whole time I'm sitting here going, what book did I just read? And I know we just <laughs> talked about this. Um, thanks for being on it, Carolina. <laughs> you got it. Mm-hmm. Um, Leah, do you have a sneaky or do you have thoughts about point of view in the epilogue? Um, I want the same characters because I have read books where they'll drop like a different point of view, like in the book, and then they switch back to the original characters. That doesn't bother me as much, but I want, unless, unless it is from like we, Carolina and I did the Lauren Landish series. Now this was a bonus epilogue, so, but I am talking about it a little bit. So they did a bonus epilogue from the mom's point of view, but it was a series ending epilogue. That doesn't bother me because like she's talking about all of her kids like as a whole, but she's wrapping up the series because it was the series epilogue and that Mm -hmm. was in like her point of view and talking about different like the different things that like all three of the boys have been up to like since the series ended. That doesn't bother me. Um, It it depends because I don't like a book that is in one person's one first person point of view that drives me bananas I will still read them because I just have to but I don't like where that's the only time I get that other person's point of view because I've read a couple books where I don't feel like I like it did that but I still wasn't satisfied that I got enough from that point of view like from what you guys talk about on wrong like I haven't read it which is just insane but like super sexy but like you get that, so like sexy. you are satisfied like with his point of view in that moment. But I had read, I can't think of the book right now, but it was completely in the in the women, in the heroine's point of view. And the epilogue was in the hero's point of view, but it was just talking about where they were. Like he didn't talk about how he was feeling like when they met, like there was no history in his point of view. And I didn't like that because I didn't, I didn't feel satisfied. What about epilogues? Because, and this is one that I read a while ago, and an epilogue that actually ended with a letter, that the epilogue was a love letter. 
from the hero to the heroine. So that was the epilogue. It was like kind of closing all the gaps and his love for her. And it was handed. So I guess it was handed to her on her wedding day, but it was a love letter. See, that's a, that is what Lindsay would refer to as a sneaky cute epilogue because it is, that's adorable. And non-traditional. And non-traditional. As long as it's written well. Well, this is true (laughs) it has to make sense in the story (laughs) it has to make sense i mean really at the end of the day like it's all about if it's written well and it makes sense but i will say this too like as an author like you have a beta readers and you have arc readers so before it's released to the masses you should know whether or not your epilogue is successful so if you're trying something non-traditional, you really have nothing to lose because there's so many feedback loop opportunities for you to either go the more traditional epilogue or to try something really unique and possibly knock it out of the park and be featured on a whole episode. I'm just- <laughs> <laughs> and then you get your own episode of the most epic epilogue ever written. Um I will say, though, that as someone who does do beta reading and someone that has done critical reading and manuscript scrubbing, um, sometimes we get those without epilogues. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, ARC readers will get the epilogue. Um, Yeah, betas, I don't always get an epilogue. um, It's an after the fact. I did not know that. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I think editors get them, but even sometimes I've heard stories of authors sneaking it in. Um, and the only person that saw it was a proofreader and the formatter. So just something to think about that sometimes not always the feedback because they're trying to, sometimes they want the epilogue to be a surprise, you know, so we'll keep it a little quieter, a little sneakier. Um, so for me, the point of view, so let's, let's talk about point of, we've talked about point of view a little bit, but let's talk about, so something we're seeing a lot in contemporary romance is a lot of authors are using what we would traditionally call an epilogue as a sneak peek. And we've hit on it a little bit. Can an epilogue that is now like you didn't get a traditional epilogue. We really got just a sneak peek of the next book. Can that ruin a story for you? It depends on the series. And if it is, if that author does it all the time, like, I read a couple authors that do like Susan Stoker. I love her, but that is kind of her method. Like she has the book, but the, the last chapter, last epilogue is always the lead in to the next book, but that is her style. And then, but she always has a really big series epilogue at the end of the series. So with hers, it doesn't bother me, but if I'm not expecting it, and I don't know how long a series is going to be, or if it's, if it's even like a, if I don't know going into it, this is a four book series. I don't like it. Like with her, you know, how many books are in her series before the first one is published. So, you know, like I'm going to get this, this person's point of view going into the next book. But if I don't know, then I don't always like it. Does a sneak peek instead of an epilogue, does it change your feelings of a book, Carolina? Um, it, it doesn't necessarily change my feelings of the book. I, I will be a little disappointed in the reading experience, you know, cause I go back to, um, 
the fact that I'm not done with the characters, right? I, I want I want to continue with the characters. Um, and so if, if I know that that's that author style, but sometimes I pick up a book and I don't know that and it'll be a surprise. So I'll be a little disappointed on that end. And especially if the characters, like the next book is not coming out for six months. I don't want a sneak peek. You're, that's too far out. Like, unless your book is coming next month, maybe two months down the road, then give me that sneak peek. But I'm not ready for that yet. I, I want it. I want to live with those characters. Now, I will say that if you put in um, the epilogue is about the existing book's characters, but you're introducing and teasing the next book a little bit, but the base of the epilogue is still the characters, and you might put in a small snippet, like some banter of, you know, extra banter from the next book or um, teasing that, you know, the heroine's best friend finds out she's pregnant, you know, from a one night stand or something. Like then I don't mind that as much because it's still based in the current book's characters. Yeah, I think Claire Kingsley does that kind of well with her, um, the Miles family series that she did. Her mm -hmm. epilogues are still in this character, the books, the 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 main characters of the book. Words just got hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's still in their voice, but it has something to do that's teasing the next brother's book, the next situation. Um, so Harlow James does that very mm -hmm. well as well. She does. Um, she does and, that very well. And so and so I get mad at her because I want the next book like right now. <laughs> right. Screw your day job. Just give me the book. <laughs> um, okay, so I will say Kelly says I love epilogues a few weeks, years down the road. Whatever the author shares, I will take. Um and before we kind of wrap this all up, I just want to know, because I'm curious. Can a bad epilogue, so if you get a bad epilogue and you're reviewing a book, will you mention it in your review? Does it affect your review? It affects if I like the book as much. If I don't like the epilogue, it kind of ruins the book for me. Mm -hmm. Carolina? It, yeah, if it's the epilogue that's at the back of the book, it's another chapter in the book. And so that does affect my perspective of it yeah Lindsay. Lindsay, <laughs> can I agree yeah i yeah a bad epilogue will make or break a book for me sometimes and i won't mention it like i won't call out an epilogue specifically in a review but it will color my review as a whole of the book because that's what you're leaving me off with if you're leaving off with a an epilogue that doesn't make sense or that is too rushed or that's just totally out of line for the characters then you're not wrapping up the story in a way that makes sense or leaves me feeling like things are resolved and it will deeply color my entire review of the book mm -hmm. 
That's, and I think that's fair. And, and like Carolina said, you know, the author made it a chapter in the book. It is part of the story. So it has an effect on the whole reading experience. Um, is there anything else epilogue wise that anyone else would like to bring up or mention and discuss their thoughts on epilogues? Yes. So in the vein of the epilogue being part of the story, it is if you are going to do multiple books with the same characters in a story, I like to leave off with a happily ever after regardless. It's a romance. It should still have a happily ever after. So it should feel, for me, I prefer it to be optional or standalone to read additional books with those characters. And just an example is um, the Winston Brothers series by Penny Reed. She wraps up each of the stories. She's got a side story now with we did a quick shot about this last month but it's a murder and mystery series with Jen and Cletus and each of those stories you don't have to read the next book she doesn't introduce new plot points in the epilogue to make you read the next book like you can leave off reading one of those and be totally fine and not have to read on so that's one thing that I would really like to highlight as a pet peeve with the epilogue is when a new plot point is brought in with the same characters because there's a second book like they're you know it's their initial love story and then they go in and there's the book about them getting married or whatever um I just don't like that well I and, like yeah feel complete at the end of the story <laughs> and th- I think it comes down to to like cliffhangers and such if you're and if you're writing a trilogy if you're writing a duet and you end your book on a cliffhanger, great, leave it. That's fine. But don't try to tease the next portion of the book, the next story of the book. Just leave me with the cliffhanger. Let, you know, that kick in the gut moment sit there for me. I'll get my fulfillment in the next book. I don't need you to tease anything. Um, Because then it just irritates me that it's a cliffhanger and I didn't know it. Right. And if it's a cliffhanger, it needs to be a cliffhanger. Yeah. Like, don't give don't give me a cliffhanger and then be like, oh, I, I changed my mind. I'm going to give you a little bit of this. Like if it's yeah. a cliffhanger, it needs to be a cliffhanger, which yes. I don't like, but I want it to be like concise. I agree. If it's a duet, it definitely needs that cliffhanger moment because then you have to read the second book. Like as a duet, you should one, always disclose to your reader very clearly that it's a duet yes, very clearly it is a betrayal if you do not. <laughs> it is like um, it'll make and, me want to cut you is all i'm yeah. saying yeah and you don't need an epilogue because your second book is where you tie that up yeah mm-hmm. so but i have read some duets and trilogies where at the end of book one they'll flash forward like five years and you know, and so you have to be like teased into the situation. There's an author that writes, it's a large family series and each member of the family gets a trilogy and it's, there's an ongoing story story arc between all the members of the family that's touched in the book. But the way she writes it is you get cliffhangers at the end of book one and book two, but at book three, we get an epilogue for that couple it kind of spoils the other books that are still coming for the rest of the family. And I don't know that I love that either. If you're going to write a multi book series like that, I, I 
don't want you to give me an epilogue that's going to ruin it. I don't. There are times when you get the multi-series and the epilogues where they, they're far in the future, but they keep it really ambiguous. Like with the um, bootleg spring series at the end of whiskey chaser, they epilogue into the future. They talk about Gibson being married, but they never mention his wife's name. Like they talk about, um, all the, all the siblings having spouses, but names are not like mentioned. Like kids are mentioned very loosely. Like you don't know who belongs to who there's no name. So that type of epilogue does not bother me when they keep it really ambiguous. It's like, they talk about those central family or friend characters, but they don't talk about significant others in any specific way. Yeah. And that is a, that is a well done epilogue without yeah. spoiling the future stories in that series. Yes. So I will say that. Um, <laughs> okay. Any other epilogue thoughts that we should get out? I would like to read Danica's epilogue quote. She okay, says, please read it. <laughs> I like seeing the couple down the line and it doesn't have to be a marriage or babies, just a peek into their lives later, which is why I can't stand when the epilogues will be in the point of view of someone, not one of the main characters to set up the next book. Like, I don't care about you people yet. <laughs> and I can totally hear Danica grumbling about that. <laughs> I don't even I like to you. Read it. <laughs> I know. It's just I such a perfect Danica like comment. It really is. It's a good Danica quote. I um, love that sentiment. I don't even care about you people yet. <laughs> it doesn't. Like, I'm not invested yet. And, and it does make me frustrated because I'm okay with the sneak peek. Like you said, I'm okay with that. But I'm not invested yet. My story is still with, you know, the characters in this book. I need these people. I don't want to know what you did. Even if it's at these people's wedding, I don't need to know about you yet. I'm, I'm not there. It also sometimes will make me mad because then I realize that book two is not the characters that I want next. Yeah. And then I get a whole other <laughs> series 12. of everybody. book 12 is not the characters we want next. And we're still waiting. And there's a chance we're not going to get their story. I know. We won't name <sighs> oh names. My goodness. Yeah. Oh, it's very stressful. You Wait. cannot hint a character and not deliver the story. You cannot do that. Well, they don't even hint that character though. Like the character that is supposedly the next book is not really hinted. Like you, you, you think you, you know, but you don't. And it's, it's so sad. frustrating. It's the RR uh, Martin um, syndrome. Like I fear that they might not make it to give me the book that I need. You That's know, true. Like, like Game of Thrones. Like we're not really going to ever get that last book. This yeah. dude's going to die. Um, <laughs> not so. to shameless plug or anything but if you ever want to know what book we need come to drunk book club because we'll tell you <laughs> it's true we share we all the secrets there we name names at drunk book club and i yes. talk endlessly about what epilogues i want to see yeah. <laughs> it's true. that's okay I, I do want to share my favorite epilogue yes um because it was a delightful surprise, an unexpected delightful surprise for an epilogue. It was an extended epilogue, so you did have to sign up for it. And Lee and I read the book together, and, or the series together, and I 
pestered her. She did. <laughs> she <it>. pestered me. <laughs> She's like, did you read this yet? Did you read it yet? <laughs> because it was so beautiful. And it was the epilogue for the Bennett Boys the Bennett Ranch Boys, series yeah. by Lauren Landish. And she, Leah mentioned it earlier, and it's from the perspective perspective of Mama Lou, who is a huge secondary character in the book. And at the beginning of the series, you know that her husband has passed away, it, and but they talk about his strong presence and their loving relationship. So to have this extended epilogue that was six months down the road six to six months to a year mm -hmm. down the road but written from her perspective and how it was written was beautiful it was the like the most stunning kind of capper to that series and and I didn't expect that I was a little nervous going into it going do I really want to know about the mom's relationship but it was so well done that I just wanted more. <laughs> yeah, that does. I have read that extended epilogue and it is very impactful, but it, and it's nice because while that ends that series, Mama Lou is featured in the Tannen brothers mm -hmm. ranch series, which is the next three books written by Lauren Landish. And it really just, it helps you get ready for the next series of books and yeah. you just love Mama Lou even more than you loved her before. And I think that that says something to an epilogue and to an author. If you can create a secondary character and then give us their moment in time in a season or a series ending epilogue or something like that, that just enhances the story that much more, that's powerful. That's an epilogue worth reading. And I think that that's something that it really comes down to. We want epilogues that make the story that much more powerful. You know, reinforce the HEA, you know, reinforce the connection between characters. Give us those snapshots and moments of their life that, you know, that are keeping them together. I always think of my own life with an epilogue and like the little snapshots they'd see. <laughs> like, think about it, honestly. What would your epilogue look like in a romance novel? What moment in your life would be like your epilogue? <laughs> I think. Oh my God. I know the exact one. So I get the epilogue I want. <laughs> you can't change it to the one you want. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. No. I, there's a couple moments and I'm just like, okay, that would be our epilogue. So. I know exactly the one. <laughs> Lindsay's like, Charlie, guess what? This is our epilogue. Oh my He's going to be like, great. He's like, I don't That's want you hanging out with these people moment anymore. of our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> this could go so many ways. Okay, so before we get into all that craziness, um, thank you, Carolina, and thank you, Lindsay, yes, for joining us for this episode on the epic epilogue. Um, you will be able to catch Carolina in Lindsay in upcoming quick shots of romance. So make sure you <laughs> hang out and stick around because, you know, they have to be our friends. They like us. <laughs> You're stuck with us. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. Okay, so we have determined that we need an epilogue. 
and have very strong feelings about epilogues. Yes. Yeah. Some more so than others. This is one you're going to want to check out the show notes on the website. Um, we invited Lindsay to write an op-ed piece about epilogues since she has the four commandments of the epilogue. Yes. So, um, <laughs> you know, again, an epilogue is a bonus, but I don't need it. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. Anyway. It depends. Um, so uh, we have a Patreon update. We finally reached 30 Patreons and gave away our Green Valley, Tennessee and Winston brother themed gift basket. Holly was our winner for that. Mm -hmm. um, our next goal is 50 Patreons. You can find details about our goals and all about our Patreon at patreon.com slash bookcase and coffee. Um, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do once we hit 50 Patreons, but it's got to be good. I mean, I don't know. 30 was pretty good. So 50 has to be better. You know, we started Patreon at the end of October, beginning of November for us to hit 30. Um, here we are in May. I feel like that's pretty significant. Like we've done, um, we've done really well. It's slow and steady, you know, mm -hmm. but we're getting there. And we are. It's, Patreon is important. It helps us pay the bills and keep the microphones on, so to speak. Yes. Um, but as of we, and our expenses are going up, the more popular we get, the more things we want to do, the more we do need help from our Patreon. So if you want to keep seeing us growing and providing you with opportunities, um, last week we dropped our first special episode of Corset and Crown with Duchess yes. uh, Katie and Lady Sadie. Um, you know, if you love historical romance and would love to see more episodes featuring those two, please become a member of our Patreon. That's one of our goals. If we can hit a um, hundred members of our Patreon, then they get their own podcast. Mm -hmm. um, so it's all things historical. Right, right. And we really want to do that, but I have to grow at a pace that doesn't outspend ourselves. And that's something we've had requests for swag and such, and we're working on it, but it's going to be slow and small because... Again, you know, first and we foremost, have, we have some plans in the works of things that may be coming, but we need, but if you want them to come, we need you to become a Patreon so that we can, yes. you know, add those extra things on. Cause as of right now, Leah and I, this is just a passion, passion project for us. You know, yes. all, everything we make on Patreon goes to just the expenses. Just the podcast. Yes. Yeah. So Which. we, we have our June book drunk book club pick. Um, it is fix by Molly McAdams. And we are going to meet on June 12th, 8 PM central standard time, virtually on Google meet. And if you want to come to drunk book club, you need to join the Patreon. Patreon. Yep. Join the Patreon. It's the best night of the month. It is. It really is best night um okay so leah what are you reading right now i am reading embracing today by kaylin ames it is book three in the series um and it has been a couple years since the last one came out so i was really excited for this one i have not started it yet but it is on my tomorrow list next up <laughs> next up yes what about you what are you reading um <clears throat> I am working on Faker by Kylie Scott. This comes out um, this next week. So it's an arc of it. If you have not read Kylie Scott, she writes some rock star romances that are 
amazing. Um, but this is kicking off a new series for her. So I really, really adore her and I like her books. So um, this is the I'm one excited. that you saw the arc and were like, I don't want any arcs. Should I sign up for this one? I'm like, you know, you're going to, why are you even asking me? I mean, it's fake relationship trope people. I mean, so, you know, part of the reason is, is I'm got a lot of work. I'm work heavy for the next couple of months. So the amount of arcs that I'm taking, I'm really trying to limit it because I, you know, between podcast and work, I only have so much time and I do like to sleep on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> what sleep, right? Okay. Leah, overrated. Tell everyone <clears throat> what our notable releases are. Okay. So we have the soulmate equation by Christina Lauren coming in on May 18th, which it's a busy day in the book world. It um, is. Fake, <clears throat> excuse me, fake by Kylie Scott, also on May 18th. My Vegas Groom, which is book three in the Green Family by Piper Rain on May 18th. Doing a Dime, which is Souls Chapel Re Revenants MC book four. I'm very excited about this book um, by Lanny Lynn Vale on May 18th. Shielding Devon by Susan Stoker on May 18th, Fallen Jester, um, which is book five in the Tin Gypsy series by Devney Perry, May 18th, Chaser, um, which is book four in the Twisted Fox series by Charity Farrell is May 18th. Um, and then Two for Dinner by Rachel A. Smith is also May 18th. And then we have Forbidden by Carla Sorensen on May 20th and Takeover by Evelyn Sola um, on May 23rd. So, so the 18th is going to be a busy reading day. Well, it's, it's authors dropping books, gearing up for your summer reads, which mm -hmm. brings me to some cool things we have going on. We do. If you are not part of our Facebook group, if you are not part of our discord, we do have sections of our discord that are open to general chat. Um, but there are also sections that are closed just for our discord members, but we have some, we're getting ready to announce our summer reading uh, challenge that we're going to have, mm -hmm. but we also are starting a discussion book club um, on both our Facebook group and in our Discord server. So we've picked the books out um, for May. The first discussion is going to happen on, I think it's the 27th, 27th. May, 27th. May 27th for 48 mm -hmm. hours. We're going to discuss the, we're the put five some questions books that up. they, yeah. So we have a contemporary romance, which is The Book Boyfriend by Claire Kingsley. We have a sports romance, which is Axel by Samantha Whiskey. We are reading Uncorked by Delta James for our paranormal romance. Mm -hmm. um, we are doing a, Defending Alley by Susan Stoker for our romantic suspense. And Sweet Temptation by Cora Riley yes. for our dark slash mafia romance. Yes. Um, so if you're looking and for I feel like, like a, we're missing one, are we missing one? No, I think that's it. Okay. I think that that was it. We are going to have in June, we're adding another one. That's the sizzling summer romance, Yes, that's which right. are going to be our sexy time. So we had our contemporary, our romantic suspense, um, a paranormal book, a dark romance. And then of course we do always have a sci-fi book discussion going on and a, um, historical romance chat i don't know if duchess and lady are gonna give us a um historical pick probably in june know. um yeah. 
We've been throwing a lot at them recently. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, So if you are looking for a low commitment book club, that's really just answering some questions, having some discussion points that is all chat based, then I highly suggest that you give a check out to our, um, to our Facebook group or our discord server and links can be found on our website. So, Mm -hmm. um, seriously, check it out. It'll be fun. And then for our summer reading challenge that will be up on our website later this week, you should sign up and give it a check out. We have some really cool, awesome prizes for that. We have a sponsor. So if you're looking for your romance, t-shirts, tote bags, coffee mugs, um, and of course stickers, cause you know, I like stickers. Uh, <laughs> then you're going to want to check out our summer reading challenge. We also, before we tell you what we're doing next time, real quick, Next Sunday, May 23rd, we are going to have our reading challenge check-in for our year-long reading challenge. May's prompt was a single mom romance. So you can find out details on our website, but we'll be checking in on May 23rd and you can sign up on the website. Um, And then up next, tell everyone what we're doing next time. Next time we are chatting with author Carla Sorensen about her love of sports romance and writing across different sports and how she develops the stories. I'm really excited about this one. I know. And I know that our, one of our patrons, Miss Lindsay, who was just on the episode, she is obsessed with this book. She has, does not have her hands on it. She's very angry. It's not out (laughs) yet. (laughs) She has pre-ordered it and she actually went so far to email the author. So to see if there was a way to get a copy early. So we're going to talk to Carla and hopefully we don't scare her away with our um, fangirling in the next episode. Anyway, everyone, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Happy reading, everybody. Happy reading. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.